Hey, what's going on, everybody? We are back here on the Rising Above podcast. I had to clear my throat so bad during that introduction while the music was playing. <laughs> Dave said, don't talk. I, I actually realize now that you actually could have talked because we were muted. Oh, were we? We were. I was like, boy, do I, why is it that you have to? You, there's two things. Whenever you're not supposed to cough in the moment because <laughs> someone's talking and you're trying to be quiet, that's when you have to cough the most. Mm. And why is it that literally when you have to pee, the closer you get to home, the worse it gets. It's like your body knows. But <laughs> like when you make that turn onto your street, it's a magnetic. Your pull. body's like challenging you. Will you make it? Won't you make it into the door? As you get older, it gets even rougher. Have you ever not made it? Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. I think when I was three, maybe four. Um, but I've heard some nightmare stories as you get older. Yeah, oh you get into the depends. Uh, <laughs> era but i mean you know when uh i was training for my marathon mm-hmm. i uh it, it was pouring rain kind of like today and i started running early in the morning and uh, it was like four o'clock in the morning and my brother went with me and uh i was almost towards the end it was one of my longer runs it was i think a 20 no it was an 18 miler and i got two miles from home and i'm like oh my, my stomach's upset like i gotta go to the bathroom yeah Luckily, it's early in the morning, like seven in the morning. Nobody's really out. It's pouring rain. So the likelihood of somebody being on the river trail with me <laughs> was very slim. So I was like, where is this I, going is what I'm I trying think, to figure out. I right think now. I can. I think I can go. So yeah. I, I crawled into the weeds and just did your thing. Did my thing. Uh-huh. Took my tank top off. <laughs> Used that to clean that up. Tank top is, it hasn't been seen since, ladies and gentlemen. I texted Sip afterwards, and he was like, "Rest in peace to the tank." And then he's like, "And to the trail." This is <laughs> people that are clicking on based on the title of this podcast are trying to figure out where in the hell we're going right now. With all this. <laughs> we're uh, bored. We're bored union workers. Yeah, we're bored. We're educated. <laughs> we're bored. Um, it, our lifestyles. I mean, it, it just gets easier and easier. Mm. Uh, we're just we're living the life right now for sure. We really are. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too because the picket line just gets even more boring as time goes on. Less pe- less people are as, uh, um, I guess, into it. It depends on which picket line you're on. We had some interesting stuff going on today. We had Michael Myers with us today on our picket line. <laughs> he did a fantastic job. He he played the character role as people were beeping the horn for us to wave. He had the perfect Michael Myers stare. He didn't <laughs> he didn't wave. He didn't move. He just looked uh-huh. at him like they were completely out of their mind he was hiding behind a pole down the street line, <laughs> and so he played the role and and so we had a little bit of fun with that today so we're fine we're, we're being creative is what we're doing yeah, yeah. my picket site everybody's michael myers <laughs> all the time <laughs> all the time 24 7 yeah you know it, there's a there's an actual art to picketing um but that art form always take took place when you were in the entrance of the facility that you work at mm-hmm where you peacefully walk in front of vehicles. You don't you don't pound on the hoods of the car. You don't jump on the roof of the car. You don't beat the car with your sign, but you peacefully pick it and you continue to do whatever your chance going yeah. to be, um, whatever you're fighting for, you may use, you know, whatever end tears now, um, better wages, better pay for, for more work, whatever you're doing. And you just simply do that chant as you hold your sign and walk past the car there and back. And then they go about their way if they're going to, you know, unfortunately, if they're scabs and they're going to go that route and you can look at yourself in the mirror on a regular basis and so <laughs> be it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's it, there's supposed to be an art form. But but now we're 
for, for Lansing Delta, we're not even allowed anywhere near the entrance no. of the facilities. We're literally one to two blocks over. And that's a big block, by the way, how mm -hmm. far away we are. Literally, there's a highway in between. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're nowhere near where you can perform those type of uh, performances. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you're kind of standing there and you have to really become creative on what you're doing uh, to get people to acknowledge, you know, that fight. And, yeah. and you get some, get some people that acknowledge it. All. I mean, I don't know where we actually stand in this as far as the support is concerned. You know, we keep getting these numbers. I think at one point it was over 80 some percent support. Well, Sean Fain uh, said last week that the support's overwhelming still. Yeah, and 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 so I'd like to see what those numbers are, what those polls are. I haven't I haven't looked at, them. but yeah. I tell you, it's it, it don't don't go on social media because you won't find that support there. Um, <laughs> that must be where all the keyboard warriors go to to let us know how uneducated we are and how greedy we are um, for doing what we're doing. But it, it, even, even you know, it, we do get a lot of, you know, beeps and, and, and people waving and people pumping their fists at us. Um, some guy drove by today and did, he did one of the, did this. What is that? I, I don't know. That's what what, that? Literally, at the same time, everyone said, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know if that was like, was he waving a gangs? I don't know. Well, what is that? What is the five-finger death punch? What is that? I don't know what that is. So, you know, we get people who will get right up to us at the red light. And as soon as the light turns green, hit the gas, with everything they have, spin the tires out from mm, smoke. Yeah. Uh, it, it rained all day today. I was soaked. Uh, it's a mud bath oh. where we're at at Davidson and Canal. And um, uh, basically, uh, uh, it was uh, puddles of water. So people are coming by 100 miles an hour as close as they can. Water spraying everywhere. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I mean, some people agree with us. Some people don't agree with yeah. us. I would like to see what the overwhelming support is, but so I pulled up something from the Morning Con Consult Pro. Um, it says, according to our latest tracking survey on the strike conducted October 18th through the 20th, just 22% of U.S. adults said the union union is asking for too much in order to halt its strike against the automakers. That share is roughly unchanged since the first time we asked the question the late last month, when 24% said the union was asking for too much. So it's actually gotten better to a certain extent. Right. Um, I, I thought there was a certain percentage, too, that are they're, uh, basically indifferent when it comes to... Um, they they literally, literally don't care either way. They don't know much about what's going on, and they don't care to know much about what's going on. It is what it is. So in the latest survey, 56% of U.S. adults said they support the UAW strike, including a record high 73% of Democrats. And while independents and Republicans are less likely to support the strike than their more liberal con counterparts, those Americans are more are also more likely than not to back the union's effort. So, okay. So it's not bipartisan, but bipartisan from, from both sides right. as far as there's been an increase in both yeah. parties. And I, I got to tell you, folks, from the bottom of my heart, I don't give a damn what your affiliation is politically. When, like when they break that down, that to me is so that one party or the other can say, see, we support them more than you do. Right. I, I right. don't, that's, that's, I don't, I, yeah. I, I and that's great. I, I'm, I'm just looking for your support. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I don't care what where, what your background is what where, you know if you have a different religious uh preference religion preference if if you're tall if you're short if you're heavy set if you have long hair if you have no hair 
I don't care about, you know, your, your political affiliation. And it's amazing how we use statistics sometimes just to rough people up a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, so it doesn't matter to me if the, if it would even if whether it would have been the Republicans at 56 percent, the Democrats uh, independent, it don't matter. Yeah. Like, either you support us or you don't. I don't care right. Right. what your economic background is. I don't I don't care about that. So and what I mean by that is not that I, I don't care for the poor and destitute. <laughs> I'm saying that I don't need a description. Right. Right. Why do we always need a description? You know, why do we have to know if you're Hispanic, if you're black, if you're white, or we're doing polls like because this? Because you need a team. Yeah. You need yeah. to know what team you're on. Well, I thought, well, are we Americans or are we not Americans? <laughs> See, that's what, that's what, that's that divide in this country. Everything's divided like that. Right. Though. And that, that's what I mean. That, that we get divided and it's stuff like this that divides us. And then I guarantee you, when you see that, you start scrolling through those comments and watch everybody argue with everybody about the political part of it. <laughs> Rather than what this is all about. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's just, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. It's amazing. Um, I, I sent you a message when I was on the picket line today. Uh, we had two guys show up today. Oh, man. I cannot remember. Alex, and I believe the other young man's name was Merrick. They're from France. They flew here. Okay. They flew here as part of the yellow vest movement have you heard about the yellow vest movement over in europe right now it started I, in france i have not no and i don't so i just just today's the first day i learned about it and i didn't get enough research and to really talk too much about it but they flew from france i think one of them is a teacher one of them is in finance both of them unionized unions are way more prominent in europe than they are in america really yes um something i didn't know and and so they flew here and they're going from one picket site to another, not just Lansing area, mm -hmm. and, and all three corporations, I believe. I didn't get a chance to really talk to them. I could overhear them while we were standing there, me and uh, my buddy Paul and Mike Myers. <laughs> and, uh, and we're, you know, I could hear them talking and they were explaining, you know, what they were doing there. Their sole purpose was to come here to let us know that Europe is backing us <laughs> and that they are truly, um, I, they're engulfed in what's going on. I mean, they're, they are focused on what's going on over here and don't back down because what we're doing matters for the world, not just for the, for, for America and that we have their 100% support. I thought that was crazy. Um, that is crazy. Yeah. I mean, and the yellow vest movement, all I know about it, all right. Some, some people out there, you guys may have been following this for a while now, but all I know about it is, Basically, I think it was 2018 when um, France is now. What, what is it? The president of France, or is it the prime minister? Prime or, minister of uh, France. I'm know. not sure. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not sure. I'm uneducated. I'm an <laughs> And so, basically, um, some type of tax reform that they were going to go through, and where they were going to hike fuel taxes through the roof, and whatever this reform was going to be, and. Uh, basically, middle class France went absolutely off the rocker and started these yellow vests. Yellow vests have to be worn by every motorist. They have to have them in their car for protection purposes if their car breaks down. Oh. So they they started the yellow vest movement. They, basically, they took that yellow vest and they, they turned it into their own movement now where they were protesting against these. They have a president. Yeah. So the president, I don't remember his name. Um, Emmanuel Macron. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Ma or Macron, as they were Macron, saying on the yeah. video I saw, and and basically President Macron 
backed off of these tax hikes on fuel because of the protests. Wow. Or he put them on the on the back burner, so to speak. And then they used this, and it went from France. It's all over Europe now, these yellow vest movements. Hmm. And it's more of a fight that middle-class Europe is fighting against the rich and the elite in how they have tried to take over the middle class and use their wealth against the well-being of the middle class. And so they feel that what we're doing here in America relates to what they've started over there, over in Europe, where it's more prominent. I mean, we've always, this fight's always been mm -hmm. uh, um, front center. Right. But it seems now that it is, we've had enough. Enough's enough. Do you yeah. think, you're, I mean, because that's something that Sean Fain has talked a lot about. I mean, in one of his live videos, he wore a shirt that said, eat the rich. Yeah. And do you think this is going to spark like some sort of um, like anti-rich uh, coming for what's ours kind of uh, mentality amongst people, amongst businesses, people that work for these corporations? I don't know. I really don't. I, I mean, because like, it seems that the UAW kind of sparked a movement here in the United States. And then clearly this movement, the yellow vest protest in France is a pretty big thing. It is. It's huge. Actually. It's, it's actually gotten uh, from what I've, I've seen. And I don't remember if, this was recent. I, I think the violence has calmed down from the time that I saw the video that I seen. Okay. Uh, but it was pretty violent at one point. So this has been going on since 2018? Yes. Wow. Five years now. So uh, a series of populist grassroots weekly protests in France that began in 17 November 2018. At first, the protesters ad advocated economic justice. Later, they began calling for institutional political reforms. After an online petition posted in May of 2018 had attached nearly 1 million signatures, mass demonstrations began on November 17th. The movement was initially motivated by rising crude oil and fuel prices, a high cost of living, and economic inequality. Yeah. The movement argued that a dis disproportionate burden of taxation in France was falling out or falling on the working and middle classes, especially in rural and peri urban areas. Uh, the protesters called for a for lower fuel tax, a reduction of the uh, solidarity tax on wealth, a minimum wage in increase, among other things. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these two guys, young guys, uh, again, one a teacher, one is in finance. They flew over here, took time off from their jobs over <laughs> just to let, and they're going from, it's not that they're here now, but then they're, they may head to, Kokomo, Indiana, right, then they right. might head to Spring Hill, Tennessee, they might head over to Bowling Green, Tennessee, over to Wentzville, Missouri, Arlington, Texas, Flint, where, wherever they're going, right. uh, the Rouge, wherever they're yeah. going to go, but they're going from picket line to picket line, local to local, to let everybody know that the support is there uh, in Europe, hmm. just as much as it is here in America. We had a guy show up from um, the United Way. He was uh, uh, some sort of labor representative, uh, some sort of liaison. For the united way mm -hmm. showed up at our picket site just to say hey like if you guys need support or need anything let me know i'm like i don't even know what that means yeah. <laughs> like what is that what what are you going to offer us food <laughs> food we, i mean we it, didn't get anything today no no snacks no snacks i mean we had some leftover donuts and yeah. snacks some, became uh there, there's there's and this isn't folks this isn't the norm but we always <laughs> have that one person in our <laughs> our group that wants to know what's going on with the snacks <laughs> We even we even have I mean where's where are the snacks at? Why isn't you know why are why is this particular site getting more snacks than this particular <laughs> site? I'm like, 
what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, are we here to uh, here to, to, to to bring a, a, you know, a cause that we well, what are we fighting for here? We're fighting for a lot of different things here, and one of them is not the donuts. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so much more than the donuts. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I find that uh kind of uh, uh I don't know like a mis mischaracterization of uh, the media whenever you see a picture posted they always use some really really big dude and, <laughs> and i'm like come on well listen, <laughs> like uh, it doesn't look like we're struggling listen, listen, listen. <laughs> not only do they do things like this they this is you know how every time there's a tornado that goes through from south through alabama or mississippi they get the lady in the rollers <laughs> right and and they make sure that they, they find somebody so that everybody could say oh that's that's it right there. The cash me outside person. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there it is. Double wide trailer people. And all these things that go with, you know, what our stereotypical Southern people look like, right, which right. is not true. They do the same thing with auto workers. They always grab that one person. And after yeah. the interview, I'm like, I just, I just lost a thousand brain cells listening <laughs> to this guy. And why would you bring that guy? Why can't, can we at least nominate? Can we pick the people that we want to interview? Right. Because right. that doesn't represent us at all. No, no. Well, do you think they search for those kind of people? I guess because that's, that's what I want. I, I, I haven't seen anybody you. interviewed at our at my picket site, but like they always seem to find the one person. Like, why did you interview that person? Out of all people, you know what else though? Those people also are always the ones that are like, oh yeah, I'll go over there. <laughs> I'm gonna go over there and talk to that guy. But, and then automatically, and folks, folks, I know, I know. I just imitated what we look at as a southern hillbilly, as, as, as everybody. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. I'm doing what everyone stereotypes as someone who doesn't have any type of uh, educated background where they can't. Right. Yeah, That's automatically what everyone does. It's joke. It's a joke. <laughs> I know we can't. We have to be careful here today. You could have just but, said it and walked away from it. Yeah, what's that? You could have just said that and walked away. You didn't have to explain it. Yeah. Well, no, you have, you have to explain yourself. You don't have to. Yeah. You have to explain yourself in today's society. Uh, no. Yeah. Have to. No. So you know, you you get these people who literally they're always the ones that want to jump up because their whole mentality is we're tired of this shit, we're going to take it. And it's like, that's not, no, yeah. just stop. Yeah. If, if they're asking you a question and you want to talk about what our problem is with wages and the two-tier system and what our problem is with, you know, healthcare benefits, I, I don't have a problem with. No, you know, no we have, I mean, besides the fact that those of us who are hired up in 2008 do not have healthcare right. in retirement right. from the company, which I know a lot of you people out there, like, we don't have it either. And that's why we're fighting. I mean, I, it's not just about the United Auto Workers. It's about middle-class America and what we once had and what was taken away from us. Yeah. They just keep getting richer and the middle class just keeps getting poorer. Do you know what, um, when a CEO retires, what do they get in their package, their retirement package? I don't know. I don't know what a CEO that, gets. I'd be interested in no. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is in terms of stock options and, and um, whatever. That's interesting. That's an interesting question to ask. I, I know that I know they make a well, you know what? A CEO, as as our CEO has said, is their pay is based on performance. Uh, and now performance mm -hmm. can mean a million different things. What does the board of directors of that particular company, what do shareholders, you know, your top shareholders, your stakeholders, what do they view as an elite performance? 
Um, and, and is it profit margin? Is it net revenue? Is it profit at the end of the year? Is it someone who can continuously um, uh, get profit margin to the point where uh, dividends are paid out on a regular basis where you yeah. can either invest them or take a check, take a payout? I don't know, if it, or is it all that together? And then that's where, you, at the end of the day, when you look at those numbers, that's how our CEOs pay. So obviously, if you're in a corporation as large as General Motors, or if you're a CEO of Dollar General, no offense to all of our Dollar General fans out there, I I go there every now and then and, and purchase food. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm obviously being sarcastic today. Like, honestly, I don't give a damn <laughs> if you have a problem with the fact that I'm joking around. Um, but it, it's... it's uh, it's going to be different, right? Because yeah. you're talking about two different industries. Right. So yep. this CEO might, you know, dollar eight hundred thousand to one point one million. Dollar generals are getting huge. They're huge. They're everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. I guarantee you, their net revenue, their net revenue in terms of sales is higher than if you take a dollar general. This is this is another thing, and this is what people people keep comparing General Motors and Ford and Stellantis. They keep comparing our pay rate to theirs, and they're in a completely different industry. And what people need to understand is this. If you're in a completely different industry, you can't, you're wasting your time trying to compare. Because for Dollar General, I can tell you this right now. I wonder if profit margin is even their biggest thing. Because if you have a Dollar General here, and you have an auto factory across the street, and you're comparing the fact that these people make $32 an hour, and you make $14 an hour, and you're saying this is absolute BS because I should be making closer to what this middle class worker is making, you're not looking at the overall cost structure of the companies. This company over here has millions of stores. Mm -hmm. Their overhead is actually higher, right? Dollar Generals, there's a lot more Dollar Generals. I hate to say General Motors. That's that's probably way, way, that's not even, we're not even in the same, the same boat when you're talking about that. But let's say you have a Dollar General right here and you have a, a leather coat store across the street, imported Italian leather. The Dollar General is one of those big dollar, there's dollar Generals now that they added on to where you can buy produce in there yeah. and everything, okay? Yeah. So you need more employees, your store is bigger, right? Your infrastructure is bigger. Your cost, your overhead is going to be higher than this small store over here that sells imported Italian leather jackets. You need, 15 employees over here, you need two people over here, right? Yeah, yeah. This building is a lot bigger. This building is a lot smaller. So your overhead over here is actually higher than yeah. the overhead over here. But in terms of in terms of profit, profit margin, this over here, the, the Italian leather store, is probably making a lot more money in terms of profit margin, right? Right. Where overall net revenue, they've been, they are probably making more money over here in terms of net revenue. Yeah. Than the Italian leather because you're selling so much more over here and you have so many more customers. Right. Your 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 target market over here is very specific. Right. And you yeah. may only sell four or five jackets a day at eight to ten thousand dollars a jacket. Right. Okay. So people have to understand when you're you're looking at at cost structure here and profit margin, net revenue. If you do anything or any studying of business, you can't compare your wages in terms of what you're making over here as opposed to what you're making over here, if it's not even in the same industry. Right, right. And I think that's where everybody completely loses their mind. That auto worker's making $32 an hour. They don't deserve $32. They don't understand our cost structure. They don't understand how our business works. Yeah. They also don't understand that 
the average vehicle costs sixty thousand dollars or forty to sixty thousand dollars and our our high end is pretty much close to six figures if not yeah yeah so so you have to understand we're not selling loaves of bread you know and yes we do have forty seven thousand employees you know if we only had twenty thousand employees maybe we'd be making more but I don't know about that because at one point GM, I could speak for, had 160,000 employees in North America. Now we're at 47, and I'm making $3 an hour more 13, 14, 15, 16 years later. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So to touch on Dollar General, um, they made Dollar General a net income for 12 months, ending July 31st, 2023, was $2.69 billion, a 63 uh, 0.33% decline over year, year over year. That 216 point net revenue, correct? It just says, uh, yeah, net income. Net income, net yeah. income. That's not profit. That's before, that's that's well before uh, you're, you pay out your, your labor costs and, and all your bills and all your expenses, uh, for sure. That's, think about this, General Motors, um, makes anywhere between 10 and 13 billion a year in profit yeah yeah so, so, so look at all i mean dollar general makes more money a year than general motors does they have what i don't know how many stores mm -hmm. from, from sea to shining sea <laughs> their 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 sales i mean think about this how many people are buying well i mean it's amazing though you think about it it's so crazy when you think about the auto industry because we can't make enough vehicles yeah we were, I mean, what was our field supply when we walked out the door? 19 days? Yeah. Folks, that means that when we stop production, if we stop it for 19 days, we're out of cars. Yeah. And and that's definitely not a number that we like. We like that field supply to be a little bit higher. Right. Uh, right. For, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Part shortages. COVID. COVID. <laughs> I mean, a, a, anything can go now. Yeah. Anything can happen now where they shut down for a few days. So I also wanted to read this article real quick because I yeah. pulled up uh, the retirement package for, for Rick Wag Wagner. Rick Wagner was the His, CEO before Maribel. Right. Yeah. So in 2009, when he retired, he got a $20 million dollar retirement package. Um, let's see here. Oh, actually, he was two before Mary. Was Mary, he? Okay. Mary Barr didn't come until 2015, if I'm not mistaken. I think, and, and and I might be wrong. <laughs> this is I, interesting. I think I think Mr. Rick Wagner. I think in 2009 he was asked to so take the package. Yes. Probably, I would assume so. It says under Wagner's leadership, GM lost tens of billions of dollars, took billions in taxpayer financial aid, and cut tens of thousands of jobs, including announced plans to cut 47,000 employees by the end of 2009. Wagner was one of the three auto industry CEOs who inflamed congressional ear by flying to Washington in a private jet to ask for taxpayers to bail out their uh, business. They returned a month later in hybrid cars. Remember I told you that on the last show? <laughs> yeah. Anybody who watched the last show, I, I won't oh. forget that. Did you say they, they returned in hybrid cars? I, I said they drove the next time. Oh, hybrid cars. That is hilarious. Yeah. Does GM even make a hybrid? I don't even, do, don't, do we make a hybrid? I don't know. I'm assuming we do. Do we? Yeah. See, this is how disconnected I am to what our EVs are. Now, we make the Bolt, yeah, right. but that's done after this year. We're not making the Bolt right. anymore. Yeah. Um, the Volt, hybrid-wise, I would assume we do. I've literally never looked that up, ever. 
because I, I don't, although I, as I said before, I would be interested in a hybrid. Right now, there's a lot of GM workers that are saying, yes, we make hybrid, and they have a whole <laughs> list of them. And um, there's three people watching right now. So if you know this, you know, my mom's probably on right now, so she's probably looking that up. So why GM's new Chevy Corvette is a hybrid and not an electric car. Oh, well, there you have it, the brand new Corvette. It also costs $104,000. I, I, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. You, you have to, that, that is one badass looking ride. Um, it is really cool. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So they have an Impala hybrid, a Malibu hybrid, a Bolt, the uh, Silverado 1500 hybrid, and a Tahoe hybrid. So, and so, yeah, so, I mean, I was pretty sure we had hybrids, but I, like literally, I didn't know which huh. ones they were. But there's no mid size SUVs or smaller SUVs that are hybrid, which is interesting. Hmm. Is that, is, I don't know. It, it's interesting why. Why? Because uh, like Toyota, they have uh, almost all their SUVs they offer it in a hybrid. Are they ahead and of the game then? I would say they're uh, attacking a market that GM doesn't have. Yeah. Like GM doesn't, they don't provide to that market of people. I have a hybrid SUV. Yeah. It's not a GM. No. Listen, back in the day, before I even started, the stories I heard, okay, I'm not saying I condone these things. I'm saying that this is how it was. When it came to the loyalty to the company you worked with, if you pulled into a General Motors parking lot in 1982, 1978, whatever, 1975, you pulled into a General Motors parking lot with anything but General Motors, <laughs> don't be surprised if your car is not upside down when you came out of work. Don't be surprised if that's yeah. the situation. Then it was, it better be an American-made car. All right, as we got into the 2000s yeah. and we relaxed a little bit and everyone took a breath. <laughs> if you had an American car, but I remember this at Lordstown. I think it was the first four rows was only GM and the American cars, you know, Ford, it was Chrysler then, right? Mm -hmm. um, Stellantis. And you could park. Now, I could pretty much tell you that in our LBT parking lot, from the front row all the way back, you could pretty much find anything. Yeah, anything. No, you, you really can find can. a Toyota, you could find yeah. Honda, you could find Teslas, Teslas, you can find yep. anything. Yeah, you could find anything. A Kia, you could find Kias all yes. over the place. <laughs> Kia, I want to see you in a Kia. Still one of the best marketing tools ever finds I've ever heard because I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> That's all they want. They want they yeah. want it stuck in your yeah. head. And every time I hear Kia, I. Now, for the next hour and a half after we're done here, you know, I'll keep saying it out loud <laughs> all the way home. So uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, that's how it is now. And nobody even thinks about. I remember my dad telling me a story of um, at the old plant, uh, somebody drove a Volkswagen Beetle to work, and they, a bunch of guys, I think four guys, picked it up and put it in the middle of Saginaw. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, I mean, Think about that. I mean, so wait a minute. That, that's not, uh, those got to be some strong guys. Yeah. But I mean, you got to think about like the older Beatles weren't that heavy. Well, how far was the walk is what I'm trying to, <laughs> is, what, is what I'm talking about. That's a nice farmer's carry. Yeah. I mean, that's a great farmer's carry right there. Um, hey, at least they didn't harm it. But I mean, I would have, I wish if you had video back then, you got to get the person's face oh, coming man. out. Oh my gosh. But now, you know, it, I think the, one of the reasons why now I think we're more um, laid back with the whole thing, because you have so many workers making 
sixteen dollars an hour. Right. And then you have the in progression worker force that's making between eighteen and twenty three, twenty four dollars an hour. Yeah. You can't even afford a brand new car. No. So you're driving an older Toyota. Yeah. Right. You're driving an older Prius. You're driving an older, you know, Kia. Yeah. Um whatever honda but well, i mean right now you cannot afford to buy a brand new car like no. i i bought that new vehicle and uh it's used and with a good interest rate money down and everything payment's still outrageous folks the whole purpose of the show today is a gofundme for dave in order please to please support. i'm on strike people <laughs> <laughs> just support the podcast the link is right below oh. Oh. why are we so loyal look at me i'm just stepping right in here and i'm going to read her comment why are we so loyal by driving only GM cars when some employees are driving a Toyota. We're, we're not. We're, we're not loyal. If that's what she's saying, it, it was sarcasm. Yeah. Well, some people are loyal still. Yeah, some people. Oh, oh I see. Okay, why why are we so loyal by driving only GM cars? Uh, uh, because people want to support their jobs. People want to support yeah. American, American workers. We, we do. I mean, we really do. The majority want to support that, but I think there's been such a, you know, this we are family concept that we've been, and has been driven into our minds, bodies and souls over the last how many, I don't know how many years. It, that was a, no matter how much you got in a fight with the company, no matter, it was, it was still being very proud of what we did and, and understanding that. You know, by purchasing a vehicle, you're actually helping your job out. Right, right. Back then, when there was 200,000 people, 150,000 yeah. people all buying GM, that was a huge uh, incentive. You know, we're all buying a car for the, our company. That's millions and millions of dollars going into, you know, net revenue for our company, which just helps that company that we're working for to continue to uh, have positive vibes and, 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 and to profit. In, in what we're doing so we're, we're not only working there to build the cars but we're buying the cars and so we're helping the companies twofold and there's a loyalty there because there's there's a there's a pride thing there uh it's getting harder and harder it's getting harder and harder and and it, it gets harder when especially when people think that the reason why the cars cost what they do today is because of our our uh our pay rate that 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 right there folks i said this the last two shows is the biggest bunch of BS I've ever heard in my entire life. Pick a different, pick a different reason. Um, because what we make as a whole is basically eight to twelve percent of the overall cost structure in terms of overhead that the company has towards the value of the car. Our pay rate has gone up three percent in the last sixteen years. The value, the, the price of the car, the MSRP, has gone up thirty-five. Plus percent. Where in the world are you coming up with labor costs? Is the problem? It's not. It's not. Now, healthcare has increased, right? And we do. We we have a great healthcare package while we're working at GM. I, I don't know anybody. You, I, I I would hate to see somebody argue that uh, if they ever interviewed them on on TV, for sure. Um, there was a an interview with somebody from GM, like a spokesperson, and. Uh, some I'm trying to find it, but they were asked why or how do you feel about um, your employees not being able to afford your vehicles? And somebody said they said that um, our employees are not our demographic. 
And so when you have that kind of disconnect amongst the employer and the employees to where they don't even care if we buy their vehicles anymore. I mean, clearly they don't because the incentives to buy them for us have diminished greatly. And I mean, we still get a discount on them, but they're not as good. Like I remember when my dad bought, I remember when I was a kid, my dad bought a brand new truck and he got like $10,000 off the truck or something. And like, I I can't remember everything that went went along with it, but he got a good deal on it. And now it's like, it's, I mean, you get a discount on it, but when a vehicle costs $70,000 and you get five grand off, I mean, that doesn't make an, an impact on it. No, anything no and, and here's the thing it was 18 percent off the sticker 12 percent off the occupants wow. that's what it used to be wow um the tahoe i talked about in the last show mm-hmm. that went for 26.8 it was the sticker price was 35 so i almost got 10 grand off right. the tahoe. um and your your family you know there was that discount for your family too yeah and then you had your your friends well now family and friends discount it's is the same, the same. Thing. yeah and it's pretty a couple, much everybody. It's a couple it. thousand dollars, you know, right. here or there, which, you know, and you're allowed to give them out to everybody. Right. Uh, I think you get so many a month. I think it might be one, I maybe it was a year. two. It's like a couple of years, like three or something. No, yeah, every month you can give out uh, oh, really? a prospect. They call it a prospect oh. now. They, this person is a prospect. And then you get a discount for them. And I think it's one or two a month. Um, and then once you hit that quota for the year, you start over again. But it's in, it's impossible now I, I love that I love that comment that we're not their demographic, um, and, and and we've talked about this before. I think one of the reasons we're not their demographic is because we're not two hundred thousand people anymore, for one, because we were part of their demographic back then because right. you had so many employees. Right now there's only forty seven thousand of us, yeah. and I can guarantee you that if they have their way, it's going to be thirty five thousand by the time I retire. Right, right, yeah. and twenty thousand. All right, it's going to be you, Forrest, who's not here. Cipriano, who's not here, they're supposed to be. Uh, it's going to be you three building the whole car. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely absurd. Okay, and uh, that's why we're not their demographic. But again, but like for every GM employee that they have, there's at least one person per employee that is probably more than likely willing to buy a vehicle. Who, um, yeah, we've only ever owned a GM vehicle. Yeah. And that's my parents right. that saying that. Right, exactly. So there's those people out there that are willing to support their their kids, their brother, yeah. or whoever. Yeah. And and so that's their demographic. At least it should be. Well, it's it, it, what, what irritates me about that again is this this disconnect to the middle class and this disconnect to understanding what and folks, listen. I think the problem is is when we say anything about what their pay rate is or what they earn, the majority of some of us have a problem with it, and that's got that has to stop. I don't care how much money our CEO makes. No, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. That person has an amazing amount of stress on their shoulders that I don't want. <laughs> all right, it's way beyond my pay level, my pay scale, and I'm not interested in that. That's not my mm-hmm. passion. Yeah. But that person also has to understand, or we. I hate when I hate when people you know think that, that that's our main objective is we want them to make what we make. Right, no, right. that's not it at all. But my my biggest problem is is the disconnect and that misunderstanding or not understanding middle class America. Mm-hmm. And again, Simon Sinek, who's a great inspirational speaker, he said this before in, in a, when he did a, a motivational speech to a group of business people. Who is your customer? And everybody was talking about the people that they sell their services to. 
And I said this on, I think last week or the week before, yeah. sell their services too, sell their products too. And he said, Jerome, your customer, first and foremost, is your employee. They have to be on the same page with you because they're producing your services and your products to give to that second tier, which is your customer. Right. Without yeah. them, you're nothing. And 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 it's amazing to me how it, they act like it when they talk. They're good, yeah. right? These people, when they get in front of MSNBC, CNBC, uh, Fox News, uh, whatever the, the the Today Show, the Tonight Show, or whatever show they're on, okay. Every time they get in front and you watch these people, these top executives talk, they're smooth, right? They're as cool as the other side of the building. They can sit there and their communication skills are way up here. Well, and they're just kind of beating around the question too. Right. They don't really Big answer. Time. They don't answer the question. They answer it and then they and then they they'll ask the 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 host or whatever will ask again, and then they'll they'll say, "Well, again, this is this is what I'm trying to say." Yeah, and that's they, what they do. That's what they do. And, and, There's talking points. No, for sure. For sure. And, and when they when they talk, they, they talk about it's it's Sean Fain they attack, mm -hmm. and he's brainwashing our right. family. Right. right. We we are their family. <laughs> they love us. Yeah. They, they they hold us here in their heart. Sean Fain is the bad guy, right? Sean Fain, ladies and gentlemen, has gone to them with our demands, the people's demands. So it's so, but it, that's the disconnect. They don't, how many times do we have to explain to you, he's not there giving you Sean Fain's demands. Mm -hmm. He's giving you our demands. Yeah, he's our so what the hell are you talking about? He's our representative. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so what are you, explain to me what you're talking about because you truly go to bed at night thinking that we're just all on board with you and you're trying to save us from this compound. It's like Waco, Texas. <laughs> Sean Fain is holding us hostage like David Koresh and we're in this compound, right? And he's got you remember remember the people that thought they were all gonna die in, in, in new tennis shoes with uh I can't even remember what that was, that cult. And 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 they were all gonna die at the same time and go mm, go to heaven right. Right, at the same time. And this one guy, this one guy who had them believing that, that's Sean Fain. <laughs> and and our beloved executives are the SWAT team that are trying to get in to save all of us from this horrible demise that we're 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 going through. And that's that's what they sell yeah. to middle class America, yeah. and that's why middle class America sits there and goes, "Oh, these poor people don't realize how you know they're actually cared about." But this guy is is brainwashing them and feeding them a bunch of garbage. Well, and that he kind of talked a little bit about that in the um, was it the last live or what, when he called Texas out? I don't know. He, he shows up at any time now. Yeah, he's not, he, like. He's got a whole new strategy. He he had mentioned how they are always saying, "Well, this is a historical contract. This is a historical contract." But yet they always keep adding stuff, even though it was a quote unquote historical contract. There's still more to give, and they're they're kind of taking that ter those terms from him from from the union because that union's been saying this all along. I want a historical contract, and um, yeah, so they, they're using their talking points now. They that's exactly what they're doing. This whole historical thing, okay, like you said, and I do right. remember Sean saying that. Yeah, I do yeah. remember President Fain. President Fain. President Fain. The Fain Father, train. Father Fain. <laughs> the Fain train. <laughs> the Fain train. You gotta be careful with that too, though, because there's people. I don't know if you've seen those people. There's been people like on the union pages, talk like 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 he's the Lord and Savior. <laughs> no, no, let's yeah, let's back up, folks. <laughs> I think, I think for a lot of those people, they're. they're they got to slow their roll a little, slow down a little bit. 
he is a breath of fresh air from from a standpoint that we haven't seen somebody negotiate this hard right, for us right. and be this transparent. What do you think this means for the union? Because the union owns stock into the company, and him, with him playing hardball, like what? Do you, how do you think that's going to influence things? Well, you're not. I mean, as far as the union's concerned, do you lose money now because profits may not be? So let's say on average they're making thirteen to fifteen billion a year, and now they're only going to make. And I mean, this is going to be horrible for them. Ten to eleven billion dollars a year. Okay, mm-hmm. nine to ten billion dollars. <laughs> how they're going to make it? I, I, I mean, but but they have listen. They have goals. And so I'm being sarcastic, but at the same time, I'm trying to be understanding that right. maybe they do need that much money reinvested in order to be number one, in order to, to outdo Elon Musk and outdo Ford and outdo Stellantis and outdo Kia and, and win the race, okay, to the top of the EV ladder. Maybe this is the amount of money that they need. And this is the way when they set up their cost structure, when they look at their profit margins and they're figuring out their expenses, right, their overhead. This is the amount of money they need on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a playbook, you know, when right. you're making statements. And and so and so let's say now they're going to lose that kind of money. Well then the union loses money too, because we are invested in their stock. And if the stock price goes down, you're not making as much money on however many shares you have invested. Right. I mean, I this is why I want to know why the hell we ever got in bed with them in the first place. Because it kind of does put a stranglehold. Do I know what to do here? When did that happen? Do you, do you remember? 2008. 2008. 2000, 2008, 2009. Do you think that was some sort of backward deal? What? Well, that was that, no. That was that was part of the deal. The new the new structure to get out of bankruptcy. To the, the to union get. to take over. We took over Viva. That we took over. The union pays the health care costs for its retirees mm. from that point on. Oh, okay. GM does not pay any health care for retirees. Wow. They say millions okay and it's actually worked out really well the union has done a good job of managing that fund right and and that fund is prosperous right now in terms of healthcare retirement for the retirees hired before 2008 right right so it's easier to manage because you're not worried about anybody who's going to retire right quote unquote after 2008 right uh and so but but less money goes there's less money going to viva when you're i don't know how that is related to the stock so I think what the UAW is really looking at is growing bigger by showing what they can do now. I think Sean's idea is to show everybody who's non-union that this is the way to go when you want to fight for what you believe in right. and what you deserve. And more and more people are going to start saying, wait a minute here. Unionized. Look, 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 look what this guy's doing. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I was afraid of these guys because they were corrupt, <clears throat> because the unions had this bad taste in everybody's yeah. mouth. Yeah. But this guy... This guy's a little different. This guy, and if he can sell that, if he can sell that, and you start getting, you know, Toyota workers going, wait a minute here. I didn't want to do this before. I thought we were doing great here, but look what this guy just did over here. Right. You, I'm not saying that's the that's going to, and I'm not just, I'm sticking with the auto industry. UAW goes way beyond that. Healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah. The casino workers are on strike right now. I believe Blue Cross Blue, Blue, Cross Blue Shield, yep. as a matter of fact. Yep. And, and, and so... I think that growing in numbers might be the plan rather than worrying too much about depending on how much money a company makes in terms of your viability as you. That's that's not, that's smart. That's not dumb at all. And Um, listen to me, folks, I'm just literally, I'm uneducated. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that that is my thought process. 
process. Well, I mean, he kind of alluded to that um, last week when when the Ford was it the Ford CEO said um, we we want the union we want the union uh, to partner with us in order to beat these competitive the foreign companies. Mm -hmm. And he said we're not competing with these companies. These are future um, union members. Yes, I think that's he came his out thought. and said that. I think that's his thought. I'll tell you what, my ADD kicked in just now. We are at four people watching live. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. Folks, let me tell you why. Um, I noticed the shows that we do, not a lot watch live, and all of a sudden it goes way up yeah. when people watch the recorded version of it right. later on. And the live is rough because people got things going on. But, I mean, she <laughs> she was – and by the way, D-Sarge, mom, uh, affectionately known as mom, I've had about 15 people – today say to me is your mom going to be on <laughs> so mama sarge is awesome she, she's the number one supporter she's the number one supporter <laughs> and you know i it, so as i as i went way off on a, on a tangent, <laughs> this is my add it kicks in and i can't i was never tested for add my she's on right now i i, I believe i had it from a very early age just thinking about like when i would take tests mm, you know? yeah but back then it was like, you know, SWAT, concentrate on what you're doing. I'm not talking about mom, I'm talking about the teacher. <laughs> the teachers. I remember one of my teachers, God rest his soul, Mr. Gaetano, um, love him. Uh, graduated with his uh, youngest son, Anthony, Chip Gaetano. And I, one time I wasn't paying attention in class, just ADD kicking in. I'm just in deep thought. He threw an eraser at my head. Give me right in the head. Chalk went flying everywhere. Was <laughs> it one of those erasers with a chalk thing on the other side? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chalk went flying. Yeah. I had this eraser print on my forehead. Oh. Uh, and, and the whole class laughed. You know, I I, I, I wasn't dejected. I wasn't. Uh, I think I cried a little bit and laughed at the same time. <laughs> uh, you know, Generation X, we were built a little bit differently. Can't do that home. today. No, you cannot do that today. <laughs> you can't do that. You just can't. And. And so, you know, that's that's just an ADD story for you. I, I saw that four up there and completely forgot about what I was talking about. <laughs> I hope I made my point. I lost what you're talking about, too. Yeah. So we do know that it would be a lot easier today if we had two other people here. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you put them in the promo and everything. <laughs> And uh, well, Sid, they better not be watching. It better, those two, that better not be them watching. It probably is. It's probably Forrest and Sip. Yeah, yeah, just coming up and with four excuses. And then Mama Sarge. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Cipriano was going to a, a Michigan State game today. Michigan State game? Michigan State game. I okay. think it might have been hockey or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. hockey. Yeah. Maybe hockey. Which I guess they're doing really well. They're, well, yeah. Michigan State usually is good at hockey. Yeah. yeah. Your, your hockey. I believe they're uh, undefeated. Yeah. Your colleges in hockey that you can usually see playing the line for a national championship. Michigan State, Minnesota, um, University of Boston. Those are your... Those are, Michigan's also pretty good in hockey, if I'm not mistaken. Um, those are the schools you normally see vying for a national championship in terms of college hockey. Um, so that's it. So he skipped on us for, for Michigan State hockey. So he agreed to do the podcast, and um, he agreed last night and then the, confirmed it this morning, and then he texted me like two hours before the podcast. He was like, hey, bro. <laughs> Uh, I got invited to go to an MSU game. I think I'm going to take my friend up on that offer. And I was like, all right. All right. Also, you got it for free. Yeah. Um, Mama Sarge said, you have never had ADD, by the way. You were talking about Sean Payne. Oh, okay. See, she's, she keeps us oh, on point. Father Fane. We were talking about Father Fane. Yeah, she keeps us on point. Yes, yes I did have ADD. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it, wasn't, it wasn't relevant back then. 
there really wasn't back then. There was a lot of things, you know, like autism wasn't really looked at. They were just considered different. Right. Things, you right. know what I mean? Do you, did you see, because uh, I feel like now autism is so prevalent. Did, was that a big thing back then? Did, was it as noticeable? I think people? about kids that I went to school with. Yeah. And I think about, wow, I definitely now think that that was you know, bit of, Asperger's or autism. Yeah. At some form, at some level of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and it was just never, they just stayed right in the same class with you. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, it's definitely, you know, having, so my, my soon to be 11 year old, uh, Jordan is autistic. He's on the spectrum. Um, high functioning, uh, definitely shows when in certain, certain points in conversation, Mm -hmm. he doesn't stay on point. He will go off into when he's got a conversation going and he's done with the conversation he will go into a different conversation that you were having two days ago and continue on. Right. And, and so, but I, I'm going to tell you with the IEP that he has, which is almost nothing. Now it used to be like, everything was with this IEP. Wow. Now they dummied it down to very little that he does with this IEP straight A's. Wow. I mean, and, and, and reading comprehension is still working on uh, becoming quite the little athlete, finishing his first five k. That. Yeah, that's that awesome. was that was emotional. If you hear me screaming in the video, I'm hoarse from screaming as he's as he's running in. That's there cool. was a lot of people at this thing, and uh, he just he was beyond elated uh, when he crossed that finish line. What, how how long did it take him? It took him 45 minutes and seven seconds. So he had about a 15 minute mile. His wow. goal for his first one was to do a 5k at H10 in an hour. So he got it in 45. That's so awesome. 4507. So his next goal is to get it into the 30s. That's very cool. And December 5th is their next race. The team he's on. So he's going to run. It's called. It's a holiday night race. So he's excited about running into Christmas. What, what made him want to get into running? I don't know. Is he watching Cipriano? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cipriano <laughs> would be a proud, a proud uncle right now. A proud Tio. He, he, he'd definitely be proud. Tio Sep. Um, definitely. I, I don't know what got him into doing this. I'll hear him downstairs working out too. Oh, because awesome. when he calls out his, when he calls. Tell him what Jordan does with the calendar. Okay. Yeah. And I'll bring that up in a second. She's got talking points for us. <laughs> she has talking points for us. And there's people, the people are watching is they're like, they're excited that she has talking points for us. So um, basically he'll be downstairs and I know he's working out because when you count out reps, you're doing it in your head while you're working out. No, Jordan yeah. yells. That's awesome. The whole time. One, two, and I'm just like, what's going on down there? And I'll sneak and I'll look around the corner and he's push-ups or That's he's got a, a body weight bar, yeah. like a 12-pound bar. Yeah. He's doing curls. That's awesome. Um, and then he has a little course outside that he runs. It's just right on our street and he uses That's the cool. driveways. <laughs> the neighbors don't care. He uses the driveways and he runs. That's cool. He has no idea how far he's running, but he runs. That's really cool. Yeah. So he's, he's doing a good job there. I I don't know if it's something that when he sees me working out, but the running part of it, they started a run team for the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I think, okay. at his school. Yeah. And I think as soon as he sees something new, signs up, you know, sign me up for this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's, that's cool. It is cool. You should show him David Goggins. <laughs> well, I have he's to carry I, the boats. I, I would have to, I'd have to delete a few of the <laughs> things David Goggins says. <laughs> but hey, David Goggins is one hell of a motivator for sure. It's a really story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you're 300 pounds and then you lose all that weight. And, and you know? he, I mean, you would never know it looking at him. No. You would never know it looking no. at him for sure. I don't yeah. think. No. 
tell me tell him what Jordan does with the calendar. Um, grandma wants to wants me to tell the story. I'm not kidding you. So if you look at Jordan and you say to him, Jordan, what day does November 8th, 2024 land on? He'll look up and go, that's going to be a Thursday. It's on a Thursday. How does he know that? uh, Jordan, what is January 3rd, 2022? That's an easy one. He always throws that in there. That's going to be a Sunday. And he's right 99% of the time. 99% 99% of the time, he's right. Jordan, what day does Christmas fall on in 2026? Oh, that's easy. That's going to be a... Wait, don't talk. Then he tells you, don't talk. Saturday, yesterday, he was at... He does speech therapy on Mondays. Um, so I told the speech therapist about this. So she said... I can't remember the date she gave. So forgive me if I get the wrong date. I think she said October 8th, 2026. And he said, he said Monday, and she said, no, that's going to be a Sunday. And he goes, no, you forgot about leap year. Oh, my god! She looked at me, and she was like, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like, it, it, it's... How does he know? Does he study calendars? I, 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 I know there's a method to his madness, and I do think, I, I know that, you know, like, um, when we talked to... Um, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nicole Vintella, mm-hmm. who's been on our podcast yeah. quite a bit of times. Yeah. She says it's what we call, I believe it's called hyper-focus. Okay. Yeah. And this is his hyper-focus. So does he study it? How does he get focused I, on it? I don't know. Like, it's bizarre to watch. So I, if, I don't have an exact understanding of, of autism. I know that there are different levels of respect. And it varies. Yeah, it varies. varies. Yeah. If you have, you know, Bill Gates... Is autistic, yeah, right. Elon Musk, he's he has to be, yeah. And and so then, so was so Dustin Hoffman's character in Rain Man, which to <laughs> me still is one of the most incredible roles I've ever seen an actor play, yeah. I mean, just yeah. incredible. So that's a different end of the spectrum, yeah. You could remember, he could remember the telephone book mm-hmm. and how many toothpicks fell on the ground. Right. This is just Jordan's hyper focus, and Jordan's not that he's more of a Bill Gates kind of kid, yeah, a little bit beyond that but not much more he's already we're, we're at my my older son is in stem okay, okay which is the program you're in that you actually get two years of college under your belt before you right. actually get there so we're in stem we're at the parent teachers conference and my older son is getting up and he has to give a presentation on his grades what he needs to improve on where he wants to be at this point in time they make the kid talk to the teachers and the parents in this, mm. this program jordan's sitting there when he's done, Jordan looks at the one program director and he said, he wants to start asking me questions about the program. Wants to know more about, do I have to know this in this program? What do I have to know about this? What, and she says, you have a lot of questions. He said, well, I'm, I'm coming here. Like, <laughs> he, he's hell-bent on wow. being in STEM. So it, it's, it's just amazing to watch. You know, like we always say, autistic people, it's not they're different they mm-hmm. learn different right that's all yeah they just learn different yeah and uh it, it's an eye-opener for me it's an eye-opener for his mom it's an eye-opener for for family yeah um because we never really actually paid attention to something like this before right and uh and and so uh i have a nephew who is in his 20s now um had asperger's when he was younger He's in his 20s now. When he was younger, you grow out of it? I, well, no, I don't think he grew out of it, but he's he's a foreman on a construction job now. Wow. 
like he runs this particular he, he he's doing very well for himself i see i think we look at people with uh, these different disabilities and we we think of it as a way that like they're not going to be successful in life like they can't um i'm sorry to say something um we look at it as a way you know like they're not going to be successful in life they're going to need assistance whatever it is but um in a lot of ways it's almost a superpower yes for for a lot of a lot of people yeah it, it, there's just there's a guidance there yeah and we have some tremendous people in his life tremendous yeah. people very lucky to have the people in his life from from educators to like i just talked about dr nicole Antilla mm -hmm. and miss andrea uh, the speech therapist uh, all the way over to um you know family right. uh, and how they work with them uh and how they you know he's very accepted uh That's he's it. got this nice group of friends that that uh got two buddies that are two of the i mean he's got a large group he's got a posse uh and two of them are very very protective of him so it's cool. it's it's kind of it's kind of nice to see you know that yeah. they they get jordan and kids that age that's not the norm no it's not it's not the norm kids can be extremely mean i remember age. when i was when i was in middle school there was a guy he was special needs um i don't know what he had but um he i remember being in like swimming class and he was a little bit more developed than everybody he had been held back a couple times yeah. and everybody would make fun of him because he was so developed down there you change in front of everybody yeah and they would just make fun of him and he thought that oh, this is my friend like yeah. they're talking to me but yeah no people were inadvertently making fun of him and i'm just like man this is terrible but yeah no it, i mean i see it now more like more kids are accepted for their differences yeah today sure. than, than they were when i was sure they we're, we're being told to move off of this topic oh they're back they're back, they're back. <laughs> two people dropped off they're back now we'll get back onto the uaw how about we where, where are we at now in terms of time uh we've been going for an hour and two minutes hour and two minutes yeah this was a quick podcast it, it, it really quick yeah i think we're, we we touched a lot we've we elaborated we elaborated on more uh, than we had the last couple weeks and then we just basically strengthen our viewpoints on all right. that stuff. But so, I mean, not a lot has been said uh, um, about the negotiation process and what's been going, what's been negotiated, what they've agreed on. Which did you see something about how um, GM uh, they originally agreed to the battery plants being under UAW, but then LG said that they haven't even talked to the union yet. See, I I, I haven't read exactly the statements from LG from Ultimate Cells or, or from General Motors. I heard it was taken out of context. It was taken the wrong way when there was this. I, I haven't read it. I haven't read the statement yet. But I think it was taken, uh, from what I understand, it was taken the wrong way that it is a done deal for General Motors, but it's not a done deal for Ford or oh, for okay. Stellantis. I'm not sure which right. one of the other two. But as far as GM is concerned, uh, the ultimate sales and then have come to an agreement where the UAW will be prevalent. Um, in the future whatever you want to call it and i forget what they what what the agreement was so one day ago um the detroit news reported barra says gm offered to put alt altium altium how do you say that altium altium cells altium cells plant under scope of uaw master agreement general motors ceo mary barra confirmed tuesday that the automaker made an offer to the united auto workers that would put the battery plant under a joint venture um under the scope of a master agreement, the automaker has with the union, Barra, it's hard for me to see that far away. Sorry, hold on. Barra, yeah, I know. Uh, I actually go to the eye doctor tomorrow. 
Um, hopefully we have insurance still. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Vera made acknowledgement during the third quarter earnings call the investor with a call call with the investors a few weeks after the UAW announced that GM had agreed to include its battery plant workers under the master agreement with GM. GM has only one operating battery plant with partner LG Energy Solution. Where's that at? Uh, workers at the Northeast Ohio plant voted to organize with the UAW in December of 2022. While they've received wage increases, they are still waiting for an inaugural contract. GM and LG are planning to operate two battery plants together. A Spring Hill, Tennessee plant will open early next year, followed by another plant in Lansing in the Lansing area. That's the one on our facility, near our facility. Vera said uh, the battery plant leadership is negotiating with the UAW to have its own agreement, but GM did put an offer on the table that would put Altium cells under the scope of the master agreement. Right. So it's it's it's. She added, "We believed at the time that it would." allow for allow for which it would have benchmark economics and also operating flexibility because the battery plant cell plant is very dif different than some of the traditional operations at this point that offer remains open but the focus is on the altium getting an altium getting their own agreement yeah it's uh, there's, there's layers to this uh and it really does depend on when we sign this contract it's it's all contingent upon the signing of a couple of national agreements. Right, um, right. And then also the labor union is in, the yeah. UAW is in, yeah. and the plant that is literally right behind Lordstown, <laughs> which still absolutely. Uh, so here's my question in a selfish manner. Does this mean that if we sign this, we get to go? There. We do. Do I get to go to right. Lordstown? If there's obviously right. there's a wreck out. Okay. Say there's a wreck out. Yeah asking for 115 people yep. and I, I fit in that scope and then 115 in terms of seniority yep. so i get to go and there's other things that go into that too as far as area hires right. and all right. that. but let's say i i fit in that 115 do do well obviously if they're putting a wreck out okay that means that it must have worked because you're not going to put a wreck out for that particular entity right where you're right. going to get 150 people from them it's going to right. have to come from i don't think people well i don't know if people in the lansing Altium uh, Cells wants to wants to move to Lordstown, Ohio, <laughs> or Spring Hill, Tennessee wants to move. I mean, I don't know, but I would assume at that point, if there's that opportunity, then that did come through in the contract mm -hmm. where we can go back home. That would be for me. That would be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. because it would change my game plan in terms of retirement too. Um, I may stay a little bit longer. I'm home, so. Right. right. Uh, and once I get 30 years in, I can at any point in time say, okay, I've had enough with this. Or I can wait it out for another contract yeah. and then maybe gain some more incentive at some point. But I'm home. So right. Right. so I can do other things. I can, you know, pursue other avenues and I'm home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that would be a big deal. That would be a big deal. I mean, I think a lot of people, they, they look at the strike like we're striking over pay. It's not just pay. It's also for the, the job security aspect. Yeah. Um, because I mean, we talked about it before with the, all these plant closures and how it decimates communities, how it, it ruins families mm -hmm. and people like, like yourself. I mean, it just happened to work out for you, but yeah. I mean, how many people didn't, did it not work out for it, it? It works out for the people that make it work out. Yeah. But there's some factors in there too. You have to think through. I have a notebook still at my house, um, back home where when literally the day they announced, literally Gerald, is it Gerald Johnson? Uh, the gentleman who sits next to 
our CEO and when they talk to oh yeah, yeah yeah I think and he's the president maybe or the vice president I think of North American operations so so the moment he walked off that that stage and out that door I went over and opened up this red notebook and started writing down pros and cons what do I do here right and I follow right through it you know what are the pros what are the cons do I just walk away and obviously, as we got more information, mm-hmm. which, boy, you want to talk about pulling teeth. Until <laughs> uh, this day, think about this, until this day, we do not get the information we need, yeah. we need to make a sound decision. Right. So I'm making a decision based on the, the best I can, based on the information I'm given. And when I tell you, if we were, I, I love using this analogy, I've used the SWAT analogy on how many times now. If we were a SWAT team, and we had to go in on a raid based on the information we're given by GM, <laughs> we would be in a lot of trouble. Right? We'd be all dead in a minute. It's amazing the amount of information we're not given to make sound decisions. Right. And so I'm trying to make the best decision. So you start looking at and mapping out the different areas, how close will I be to home? You know, and at the end of the day, am I going or am I not? Am I right. just walking away? Right. And and so a lot of people went got way too emotional on the decision. You know, like, I'm, I'm out of here. I can't wait. And they took off for Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. And they took off for Arlington, Texas. Now, if they took off in that direction because they wanted to go there, and, hey, this is an opportunity, right? that's one thing. But if you made that decision based on emotions and I got to hurry up and then, you know, you might have put yourself in a situation where, for me, that would have been a disaster. Right. We almost went to Bowling Green, me and my roommate. And we were looking wow. at different aspects of it from college, going for our masters and, 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 you know, things of that nature yep. to, you know, well, it's, you know, it's seven and a half, eight hours. I never would be home the way I'm home now. Yeah. Um, so I'm able to go back and forth, you know, in the drive, I keep telling people like four hours back and forth. I'm telling you, maybe it's just my mindset. The drive is probably the best part. It's my chance to listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and, and the radio and talk on the phone and talk to people about different things I'm doing, right, um, you know, right. putting other avenues that I'm taking outside of General Motors. Yeah. You know? Well, we all know you're not good at texting and driving. No. <laughs> no. We don't, I don't do that. No. Well, there's um, been a few times where you've you've done the speak, the speak to talk. Uh, the, well, so my radio, my car, I can talk to you. Siri takes on whatever Siri just does whatever she wants to do. <laughs> you right? send me some messages and you're like, then you send a follow up message. You're like, I don't even know what that, how that came about. Well, she plays it back, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, like, how do you turn that message into what you're saying? What right. You said? Right. Uh, and and so you know, it's always interesting to do talk to text while you're driving <laughs> because you can't sit there and look at your phone. Right. Um, or you could if you're looking. I mean, that's a death sentence. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But um, so I don't do that. But it's 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 pretty awesome to have that drive. If you're somebody who hates driving, yeah, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. A lot of trouble. Yeah. But I mean, so I have it better than other people, and that's the way I look at it. There's people that, that work at our plant from Michigan that are driving over an hour every day. You know what yeah, I mean? That's they're coming true. from Flint, they're coming yeah, from Detroit, Grand uh, Rapids, uh, Battle Creek, they're coming from mm-hmm. all these other places. Because that's how that's the nature of this game now. Right. This game is yeah. not local, and everybody lives right there. It's people coming from every different direction. You have people think about this. You have people that live an hour and a half away. They'll stay overnight at the plant. Yeah, just shower, shower in the locker room in the morning, and and just you know just stay there for three days, then go home. Right. Because yeah. it's you know, folks. I said this before. Don't give me the 
No one told them they had to do that. It, it's it's they're just making the adjustment, but it doesn't. Well, I mean, suck. it's the, it's the fact that I mean, li it's literally one of the better jobs that you can probably find in Michigan. I mean, even even with not being able to make top wage, or yeah. if you hire in at a lower wage, like it's it has opportunity. It does. I mean, in every contract, you know that this could be our chance to get get more and get better. Yeah. I think the opportunity is there, and and when when they say historical contract, it is a it is it's a historical con it's a historical contract. But but I don't like the company stealing our line. Um, <laughs> we said it was. I mean, yeah. They got they they're going to say it now. Yeah. Um. It is, and so people are want you to sign. I don't get it. You don't get it. Nobody actually gets it except for those thirty five committees or whatever mm -hmm. that are sitting at that table. That are still sitting there with UAW attorneys and accountants and management's UAW uh, man, management's attorneys and accountants working yeah. in all the finer details of what a bargaining agreement is. Labor disputes and bargaining agreements like this of this magnitude, that's not an overnight thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. That takes a lot of of negotiating negotiating and, and figuring everything out long term. Yeah. It's not just about what's going to happen over the next six months. It's about what's going to happen over the next Five to ten years right. Right down the road, right. and, and so it's not going to happen overnight. And well, if if why are you still why is he still taking plants out while you guys are at the table? I can guarantee you, there's several reasons. Number one, they were supposed to be at the table on a certain day, and that company decided, ah, we're not going to show up today. We're mad at you today. Today we're mad. It's like it's like having a hissy fit, right? And so and or or, or there is we don't know what's going on, right? Is there uh, there was a verbal agreement that suddenly gets pulled away because they're mad because this person now said, who knows what is going on right, right. at the table. Or we saw these text messages from you guys to each other. We intercepted them. And what you said about, you know, us. And I, I don't know how childish it can get, mm -hmm. but for the most part, there's professionals in the room um, on both sides. And they're trying to make sure that they can survive whatever. There's also a different way of thinking on both sides. So the UAW's way of thinking is different than management's way of thinking. That does not make the UAW side wrong right. because of how we think. We don't look at it. When people are on this side of the table make, and all they do is see billions of dollars every day, their focus is on profit. It's always been that way, and that's just the way it is. When I act that way, I'm never going to have billions of dollars, so I'm not going to even try and go down that road to figure out how that would work. I don't even understand that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. Just like they don't understand this side of the table, where we're just trying to increase the viability of the middle class. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Yeah. And it's not, don't, you know, people are like $32, or, or I'm sorry, $60. You guys make $50 to $60 an hour. No, we don't. We don't make $50 to $60 an hour. Half of us make $16 to $25 an hour. Top rate is $32 an hour. We're outsourcing constantly anymore. We're losing jobs left and right. And that needs to be addressed on where our future is as auto workers. Our healthcare, probably the least amount needs to be addressed there mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but everything that goes into, uh, you know, absenteeism, um, vacation, every time they come back to us, the, the company, and they say, look what we're going to offer you. They put bullet points up. Do you know when you look at those bullet points, you're like, well, wait a minute. Um, what do you mean? Uh, a, new, a new formula for cost of living allowance. What's a formula? 
uh, and then it's at when when at maximum rate. Well, we're not going to be at maximum rate if we're getting a raise in percentages over four years, right? We're going to get ten percent up front, four percent, four percent, three percent. We're not going to be at max rate till the end of the contract. Yeah. So what does that mean? So does cost of living allowance come to us when we're at max rate at the end of the contract? Or is it max rate right now? Or is it anybody who's at max rate right now? Right. And you have to work your way up to kind of see, and it's not a stupid question, no, because that could easily be manipulated once we sign on with God. Why? Right. So, and then people say, "Well, you'll find that out in rollout meetings." Yeah, but I get that. That's after, is that after you? No, no. That's rollout meetings are when you go to your union hall, and you know your shop chairman and the bargaining committee yeah. locally are there. I couldn't remember how that yeah. went last time. Yeah, they have to they have to go over in detail the finer points of the contract. Right, right. And then obviously you get your contract book, and you can. Yeah. I don't know how anybody reads that entire thing, and my head would be killing me after going through that entire contract. It's not mm-hmm. it's not three pages. It's, it's 180 pages yeah. of yeah. I mean a lot of legal wording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so they break it down. Then, well, the people get emotional when they see the bullet points, and they go right on social media and they start saying, well, "What yeah. the hell is this? Well, what the hell is that?" And they're, they're so irritated after 17, 18 years yep. that it's very emotional right now. And yeah. other people outside of this see that and they say, you mean to tell me you don't like the fact that cost of living a lot? I mean, they're giving you everything. That person's not understanding what we're saying is we don't know what this means. Right. They're right. not being, yeah. and obviously they're not going to list it in the bullet points. Right. When you say up to five weeks vacation per year, what do you mean up to five weeks vacation? What does that mean? Hey, what's up, Liz? There's Webster. Hi. I haven't seen you forever. I haven't seen Liz forever. Hey, we should have her on the podcast. Bring her on. Liz, you want to join us next week? Just answer. Just just respond yes or no. Just respond. <laughs> and watch your language. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, basically, it, it's just it's a matter of people needing to understand. It's not that we're not happy that historically. Listen, where we're at in terms of pay rate, the people that there's a reason why we go in at 47%. We go in at 47% because that's mm-hmm. how far behind the eight ball we are right. in the last 18 right. years. We're not going to get 47%. What did GM coming at? 8%. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then Sean eventually GM comes up to so 23. 18. Uh, and then and then Sean eventually drops it down to 36. Yeah. GM comes in at 20. It's negotiated. And Sean's at 36. GM comes in at 20. Yeah. And there's there's the stalemate. Now it's at 23. I think yeah. Ford's up to 25. Wow. It's going to, it, people are like, it's 30 or we're done. No, you don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. If it gets to 30, I'm not going to apologize to anybody. <laughs> we're still 17% behind where yeah. we should be. Yeah. Based on what our corporation does, people, right. based on what our income statement shows, based yeah. on our profit margins, based on our cost structure. We can afford to get to this. Yeah, we can afford to. Yeah. The only reason why management says we can is because they want to use the money for something else, which the pockets. They want, I mean, they all get bonuses. I don't listen. When it comes to a corporation like this, if you are a person who runs a storefront, okay, and you're the only employee, you're the worker. Your income comes out of it when you look at your, your income statement. Yeah. You have your sales revenue yeah. and then you have your um, your your cost, okay? Your, your cost and then your expenses. So your cost of goods. Your money usually comes out of, your money usually comes out, your money usually comes out of uh, basically 
the, the, the cost of goods sold, okay? Or out of yep. the expenses. Yeah. It doesn't come out of the out of the profit at the bottom. Whereas because you're doing all the work, if you're doing a landscaping business by yourself, yeah, you don't take it out of profit. Right. You usually take it out of cost of goods, which yep. is all the material that you need, uh, and your labor hours. Yeah. And then you know your expenses are everything that goes into the machinery that you need. Uh, if you're if you're doing marketing ads for your company, but then you have profit, okay, at the end, uh, which is all that after all that's gone, what's left from sales revenue, cost of goods, expenses, what's left over that's your profit. Companies of this size, usually their pay comes out of profit. Usually. Yeah. So I don't know how that works with General Motors, but I can guarantee you that no, I don't want to guarantee you. I would assume that our CEO's pay comes from all right, based on performance. And it comes out of profit. Yeah. It doesn't, in stocks. Right. It doesn't come out of cost of goods or if you look at the, the, the income statement, when, when the Security and Exchange Commissions shows our reports, folks, it's a matter of public knowledge. You can look it up. Right. Uh, when you look at it, you will see how much money we make in terms of sales. I mean, geez, what did I say? Net income or net revenue uh, for GM is usually somewhere between 140 and $160 billion a year. Then you have cost of goods. Then you have expenses, and the expense the expenses for a company of this magnitude are huge. Right, right. Then you have your profit. Okay, there's a different way to figure out figure out profit and profit margin. Then you have your profit, and we're profiting right now between ten and thirteen billion dollars. This year, we're already in a strike year at almost ten point four yeah. billion dollars. We're a billion dollars ahead in profit this year than we were last year. It's it's, it's not crazy. a bad place to be. But quit telling us how we're going to just bankrupt the company and how yeah. we're going to completely make it impossible to continue to be viable in such a cutthroat industry when you continue to make more and more money. Well, and then they keep offering buyback or they keep selling stocks, right? Selling off stocks. Yeah, you stock buybacks. I mean, back in the day, that was illegal. And I don't even know. I'm not going to lie to you. There's stuff I know about. There's stuff I don't know about. I don't understand. I nor have I ever really looked at stock buybacks and exactly what. I'm not a big stock guy. Right. I, I really am not. Right. Um, I've never really looked at stocks and fluctuations and then, you know, when, when should I buy? When should I sell? I mean, I'm a, I'm a mutual funds guy. I'm a I'm 401k guy. I kind of watch right. that in terms of what my contra fund is doing and my fidelity mm-hmm. and, and, you know, my better investments. And I, I just go through that. And I just watch, you know, trends and decide right. should I put more here? Should I take some out? I'm getting closer to retirement. Do I need to back off from the aggressive stuff? Yeah, I don't really pay attention to stocks, you know, and, and so just straight stocks. I don't pay attention. So never really paid attention to class B and, you know, what's the difference between class A, class B, you know, I just haven't. I don't know anything so, about that stuff. No, I bet you <laughs> Cipriano does and he's not here. He's at a Michigan State <clears> hockey game. Well, he always has money. He always has money to go on trips. He's always doing something fancy, something crazy. Well, he's an auto worker. He's a millionaire. <laughs> he's a millionaire. This guy's making $60 an hour right now. Mm-hmm. He can't be possibly. So Sep has been with the company now. Uh, he, was four five years? he was a temp for how long? I don't know. I think, didn't he hire in? like He got hired in like 21, I believe. He actually got hired in yeah. 21. I remember seeing yeah. him when I first got here in 2019. He was a temp, September. Mm-hmm. So I remember making five. Like I saw it. He wore pink and green socks all the time. I was like, look at pink socks. That was his name to me. Pink socks don't care. I remember thinking to myself, pink and green socks don't care. And then uh, the more I was around him, the more he got, like, he kind of, like, what's the word? He kind of stuck on me after. And I'm like, why oh, do I got to like he this He rubbed guy. off on you. He rubbed off on me. I'm like, no, I like this guy. Yeah, no, such, I a like cool, such a cool guy. Very cool guy. 
But um, so I, he's an example of somebody who's in that. He was a temp for for how long? Yeah. Um, and, and now he's in that progression of eight years to get the top eight. Right. Sorry, folks. No matter what industry you're in, it should never take you eight years to get the top rate of pay. No, it should never. not. No. And that was something we gave away in the, in the bankruptcy yeah. that we were told we were going to get back. It used to be three years. I think we got it now to four years. Yeah. People are complaining about that. It needs to go back to three. Four years isn't bad. I mean, that's the no. life of the contract. We literally just took it from eight years to four years. Do you think we would have gotten right. that with the old regime? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Darth Vader and Hitler and all of them would have never got us cut from eight to four. You would have saw some ridiculous grow into period after six years where you can, if you sh if you showed up wearing uh, a certain outfit uh, on Tuesdays, <laughs> you would get so much seniority attitude. No, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the stuff they come up with that literally is just a different way to make sure the company just continues to pocket more and more money. Mm -hmm. The fact that the union was always on board with that is what absolutely just, it's what makes people, it makes it hard for people to believe what's going on right now. Right. Why is this right. guy doing this? Why is he, this is weird. What's he doing this yeah. for? You have, to trust yeah. the you have to trust the process. We've never seen anything like this before. So far, it is working. He's got them beyond this stuff. Well, they're going to leave the country. They're not leaving the country. They're going to leave. They're not leaving. Is anybody going to buy their products if they leave? Well, listen, if they packed up and literally shut everything down, they just got done. And I'm not saying they don't do this. I've seen them invest a billion dollars here and there and just shut it down. Mm -hmm. right? right. But I can't even imagine. I, well, I'd love to talk to somebody who is more well-versed in this background, how much money would they lose leaving the United States? They sell two and a half million vehicles here, sea to shining sea, on a yearly basis, on a yearly basis, two and a half million vehicles. So now you're going to import them into the country and pay tariffs on, on what you're importing, two and a half million vehicles? Do you really right. think people are going to still buy right. two and a half million? They're yeah. going to be like, buy. Yeah. Bye. You yep. might sell five hundred thousand yep. to maybe seven hundred fifty thousand GM cars yeah. a year. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Nope. Yeah, no. Uh, people will start drive, driving Toyotas and Kias and all kinds I, of. I'm on board. <laughs> you'll see me. I'm gonna see ya in a Kia. That's exactly where you'll see me. I mean, no, I can't watch my mouth. I know this. Um. So, I mean, that, that's where we're at now. I and mean, Ford, I, we didn't get too much information off we were watching off that news clip before we went on. No, they, they, they had just mentioned something about how there might be a tentative agreement here within the next possible 24 hours. But these tentative agreements have gotten annoying, and I'm going to tell you why. It's almost, when you look at the tentative agreement and you look at the one from two weeks ago. It's like Is that considered a tentative agreement? It's considered what they're offering now. So I guess yeah. that's tentative agreement. Wouldn't a tentative agreement be something that union and uh, the company agree on? No, well, you would That they can bring to the table? That's true, too. Usually, so what they've been doing is, this is the new proposal. Right, the right. New proposal. Yeah. Yeah, a TA would definitely be where they bring the union is saying, okay, we can agree with this. We're going to roll these out. To see if guys. the membership agrees. And you guys have to vote on it. If you vote no, it's back to the table. If right. you vote yes... And it's back so do you know how that works? If we're currently on strike and we get a TA, we get a tentative agreement, do we go back to work or do we stay out until it's voted on? And I don't approved? remember what we... Now, don't forget what I told you last week, I think, or maybe the week before. 2019 was the first time I ever really went on strike. Right. Besides that right. Wildcat episode right. in, in 96 or whatever it was. Um, I, I literally didn't know myself what I was doing. 
I had no idea. Yeah. Let alone, I was up here for 10 days before we went on strike with literally people I had no idea who they were. I was like <laughs> looking around like. It was 10 days? 10 days. Wow. I was up here for 10 days. September 2nd, I got up wow. here. Came to work the next day. Was here for 11 days. And out the door we go. Wow. Uh, That's and crazy. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, and it was second shift, went out the door. And I, I looked at my, my roommate and I said, I'm going about home? to go on a picket line and fight with people I don't even know who they are. <laughs> like, like not fight with them, but right, fight right. with. Yeah, um, together, collectively. Together, yeah. And um, that, so that was a learning experience for sure. So I don't know. I don't remember. It was six weeks we were out. Eight weeks, I thought. No, not even, I don't think it was eight. Because was we were back by Halloween. Okay. Now, here was the thing. I was on vacation literally the day we were supposed to come back. So I literally was on vacation that whole week. So I didn't come up to the rollout. I had, I don't remember who I befriended, who <laughs> texted me all the information. Okay. So that when I did come up, you know, or I don't remember how I did it, how I was able to vote on it. But I, I thought you had to vote on that because why would you go back to work? Right. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. You have to, to go to your, you have to have a rollout yeah. meeting first. Right. And I'm sure that it's, you know, as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, you have the rollout meeting. Yeah. Um, I remember last time though, it seemed like it took a while. It was like they came out with a tentative agreement and then we had to roll out like the next week or something. Maybe. It was like, it was, it was a while because we were all just sitting around waiting. Yeah. And I don't know. Liz is usually well versed in this stuff, but she was a temp back then. She, she should remember. She has a pretty good uh, memory about that kind of thing. She might so. remember. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm going to assume, and if I was a betting man, I would bet that we go to the rollout. And I'm assuming vote the on all. Right. Uh, and I'm sure there's different times, you know, they're going to roll because you can't get everybody in the at the same time. Last time they did it at the Lansing Center, they had everybody. Oh, so everybody shows up. Yep. All right. And, and then uh, I don't know if I was out of town. I was on vacation. Okay. And I think somebody was texting yeah. me everything that was going on. And I, I don't remember, I remember not really knowing this person. They, I was on strike duty with them. <laughs> I said, listen, this is my number. I'm going to get out of town. This was, I was scheduled to be on vacation now. Can you send me, you know, because I didn't know. It was like out of nowhere. Hey, we right. got an agreement. We're going, we're going back. And I said, I'm not. I'm getting vacation paid for the week. <laughs> um, and uh, I, so I don't remember how that worked. Because when I came back from vacation, we were working. Yeah. I went straight to work. Huh. Um, and it was like business as usual. Right. Learning how to do jobs. I literally <laughs> just started getting used to. And I felt like <laughs> I was learning them all over again. And you saw that irritation. Oh, oh that was funny. Irritated. Well, we're an hour and 30 minutes into this. Probably should wrap it up. Yeah, we did it um, again. We won an hour and 30. But uh yeah no I, I enjoy doing these i mean even though that there's not much to talk about it's pretty repetitive the things that we talk about but i, I think we add i think we add some stuff we still have things to talk about yeah yeah and um i don't know we seem to get more engagement as time goes on so we do um we, we, had, we doubled our numbers in live uh, so i think the next thing what's the next goal eight eight let's go eight. for eight let's go for eight i'm gonna start i'm gonna try and sell it i'm gonna try and sell it. <laughs> what can we give them like i don't know can we send them like a Giveaway, <laughs> giveaway. <laughs> but yeah, I have a good time doing this, and it doesn't always have to be about you. It just happens with this is, you know. Well, I, this I is very relevant right now. It, it is extremely relevant, but I, I want it to be kind of about the UAW because every time uh, we do this live, I want it to be like somebody we work with, like you and like other people that we work right, with. Right, right. So um, it's kind of work related, right? And since we're on strike, it, it, it fits. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if we had like maybe two more people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That don't have a hockey game to go to. <laughs> um, 
excuses we're going to come up with. Okay. All right, cool. Well, thanks for doing this, Sarge. It's All been right. a lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. All right, see you, everybody. Bye.